You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 103 of Retired Race Horse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we're joined by Justine Griffin, co-host of Heels Down Happy Hour, where she talks about her makeover horse, Warfeather, and what she's most looking forward to. We introduce our second round of Making the Makeover Series riders, Claire Mansman and Julia Yesu, and we wrap up with Leander Cooper from New Vocations, who will bring you our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I feel like I've had a second Christmas, but not necessarily because I wanted to. I know it's a weird, I know, a weird way to more. start the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Does that mean it snowed? Because we had snow today. So I mean, we know. did have that too, which also felt very festive and miserable. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I had to purchase some new toys for for my tack box that I didn't think I'd have to. Ooh, yeah. I mean, a tack haul is always a good day. It can be. Um, I'm slightly intimidated though. So my trainer came back from Florida, which was really nice to have her back. So I just had my first lesson, which. Went pretty well. It was a little Western in the beginning. My horse was quite fresh. Uh, you know as me, my, I love Western. So yes, you know. as my trainer likes to say, she just wants to remind my trainer who's boss here. So haven't had a luncher all winter, but we lunched that day. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was interesting, but it was actually a really good lesson. But the things my trainer brought up was we might not have the right fit, which is always a good reminder. I uh, we had a bidding expert on last year from Bit Barn Canada. And one of the things they recommend is changing out your bit every couple months to keep your aids fresh and just, you know, see what your horse likes. They change the same way that we do. And my horse is just slightly not comfortable in her bit anymore. And I noticed some TMJ was happening too with her last mm. body work session. So we were going to try a happy tongue. And I always get a little nervous with my horse and new bits because we're very sensitive in the mouth and we are very loud when we don't like something. So I will have some content, I'm sure, for this coming week <laughs> of what, what that's going to be. So hopefully she likes it. I just got the bit in the mail. But the other thing that surprised me is my trainer recommended riding with spurs for my horse. Mm. I've never ridden in spurs in my life. All my horses have been amazing on leg aids and Astrid's not bad. And they're just, the ones I got are just little soft rounds. They like, they're the softest spurt you could potentially get. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're describing. Yes. Yeah, little, yes. Just little, little roller balls. Yeah. yeah. Real soft, really easy. Yeah. Um, and it's really like Astrid's pretty good off leg aids until she gets tired. As soon as she starts getting tired, we fall completely on my inside leg and I get Charlie horses and my hips have been hurting just trying to support her. I feel like yeah. I have the strongest well, legs in the barn now. Oh, yes. no, thank you. Yep. Yes. Um, like my ability to yeah, stay no, exactly on like a koala mean. is impressive these days from the muscles <laughs> that limbs. I built. 
<laughs> you can just wrap yourself around that horse and you're like, yes. nope. <laughs> yes. They have gotten quite strong and fierce. And I like, could I like crush a watermelon with my calves? I don't know. Maybe, but Do we're not going to test it. Oh, maybe this summer we'll see if I have the energy, but, uh, for my own well-being, my trainer recommended since my leg is now very still, I have a quite quiet leg that we're going to try the spurs and I'm very scared, but we're going to try no, them. I, you're going to be okay because you just said you have a good quiet leg and that's key, right? Like Eric yeah. had to earn his spurs like <laughs> an old fashioned knight, you know, cause I was like, uh-uh, you can't just go pounding away with them spurs on. You got to keep your leg quiet. And show me that you know your your aids first. So so yeah, Spurs are just graduating up to the next level. I have to ask you though, since you do ride in Spurs or have at least, when introducing them, here's my fear: I'm not worried about like over pushing into my horse. I'm afraid of the first touch. And where are we going from the first touch, Kristen? Because my horse likes to overreact. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I don't, I don't remember like putting them on for the first time. I know I use them a little bit like later in the summer, you know, when it was just time to refine the leg aid a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's key that you just know when they're on and when they're off, you know? So if you, you know, can, can ride with your, your calf and your lower leg, you know, in a neutral position, and then you can feel the difference when you have them on, you know? Yeah. Because then, you know, if you're not getting the reaction you want, then it's the same thing as like, oh, how much leg do I add? It's like, well, as little as you need, as much as necessary. And it's the same thing with your spur, right? Like, just put on a little bit if you think you need it. And if it you don't get a reaction, then you can put on a little bit more. And if, you know, but you start yeah. with a tiny little itty bitty bit. And then, you know, if you're like, whoa, lots of reaction, you can always take them off. So. Oh, that's, that's helpful. To, I mean, worst case, she's just going to jump to the side and, or toss her head violently. So that is the yeah. nice thing. Don't, don't think about it too much. Just think about it as like a little, you just the same way you'd put leg on for the first time. Just I hate to say it. I'm probably going to do my test ride on our little draft cross that I help train. Cause God oh, that's not her. a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Just make sure. Yeah. That you know, you know, where your feet are and your spurs yeah, are. That's not a bad idea. Love her. She's the lazy boy sofa also rides horribly off my inside leg too. So it'll be good for both of them, but her reaction to things is typically just to stop in the middle and she gets overwhelmed. So I will know when I've made a mistake. So that's what's happening in my <laughs> life. Content to come. How about you? <laughs> oh, I've had a day, man. Like I like squeaked in here right before recording time. I feel like I look like, what am I envisioning? Like Chris Farley and Tommy boy when he's oh, all disheveled. Boy. Like I have like hair coming out of my braid. Sounds like, like most horse girls after the barn, but yeah. But like <laughs> now I've been at the barn since six this morning and it's now mm -hmm. like well after 6 PM. So it's just been one of those days. I had like a little bit of a colicky horse. So I've been like watching him all day, trying to wheel him to poop. And, you know, I know Eric mentioned on the horse husbands panel, like, you know, we just, we don't live in a very like wealthy horse area. So we have a really mm -hmm. hard time getting vets. And I just could not find a vet that wanted to come out and look at him. I guess he just wasn't sick enough, but he was sick enough for me to be stressed about it all day. So, so I finally, by the afternoon, I was like, oh, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to try the, put him in the trailer trick and take him for a ride. So I, you know, he was just going to get like a scenic tour of the lake. But of course, because I keep the horses at family property, the trailer lives at my house, which is 20 minutes away. So I left him in the barn tied up, no food. I was like, okay, 
this is it. This is your last chance. If you poop, you can go back outside. If you don't poop, then I'm going to go take you for a trailer ride. And of course, you know, I got home, hook up the trailer, drive all the way back. And I opened the barn door and he's like, hi, I pooped. So, you know, I like went to all the trouble to go get the trailer hooked up and all the way back down and didn't need it at all, but it was fine. So, um, but it was just like, like a, just like a comedy of small errors, you know? So I have this bin that lives in the bed of my truck to cover the bed hitch. Cause I have a gooseneck trailer. Um, and I, you know, was in such a haste. I didn't remove it. Like I, I didn't have it on the hitch when I hooked up, but I just left it in the bed and it's just a plastic bin. So of course it got like sucked into the vortex of space under the gooseneck. So I'm going down the highway and it's going like, and I'm just looking in the rearview mirror. Like this thing is going to fly out oh my gosh. and smack somebody. And like, I'm going to get arrested for like throwing things at other people's day. cars. So I was like, just stay in the bed, you know, <laughs> like trying to find the speed limit where it wasn't going to fly out. So yeah, it sounded like I put like a sneaker in the dryer because it's just back there going thunk, 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 under the gooseneck part. And I was like, oh, and then of course I get there and the horse is like, surprise, didn't need it. So I was like, great. That was fun. Just took my trailer and burned all my gas for no reason. So it's fine. You know, but and then hey, like to get home, it's better like, you did it. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, hey, this is like Murphy's Law of Horses, right? Like if I hadn't done it, I'd still be sitting there. You would be doing this whole show alone because I'd still be sitting there waiting for a horse to poop. So yes. And the yeah. listeners would miss you can be very bored of me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, I hope everyone can laugh at my trailer excitement. So well, I'm just glad <laughs> you got like, this poop out of the whole thing. It, I did. Is it yeah, crazy? Of course, you know. Like, while I was gone, of course, then he ground it into the ground. Poop. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, this yeah. is this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Watch horses. I, I never thought, you know, I'd pay this much money to be excited about a poop. But here you know I what am. I love is that uh our producer George is listening to this conversation and being like, God, these girls are weird. So I know you're welcome. It's amazing that we found people <laughs> to love us, including George. Yeah. Oh, but hey. At least you got a hey, healthy horse. I hope he has a good evening and makes it through just fine with no reverse action. And God bless Eric for, for making sure that you got here on time. I've got to send him a fruit yes. basket or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric very nicely rotated out. So he is now watching the horse for uh, for me for the evening so I can relax and enjoy a podcast with you. Yes. So. Oh, I love it. We got to definitely reward our, our horse husbands with something a kudos a sticker i don't know what they like these days stickers definitely stickers definitely stickers <laughs> but speaking of rewards i know that i always feel rewarded knowing that my horse is healthy and happy i use kentucky performance products who is our premier sponsor for her everyday care and i hope that you will learn something from them too so let's hear a little message from our premier sponsor kentucky performance products This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. 
Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Kristen, I am super excited for our next guest because I feel like we're really rolling with the crossover themes right now. Like our last episode, we had Alicia Harlow from The Humble Hoof. And today we have Justine Griffin from Heels Down Happy Hour. Welcome to the show, Justine. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Well, this is super exciting. I'm a huge fan of your podcast, so it's great to have you on. And what's even more exciting is you're going to be a part of the Thoroughbred Makeover this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we've still got time for things to blow up spectacularly, but all all systems go for now. <laughs> I'm very excited. Well, we're always hoping for the best for everyone to make it. We know horses like to be horses and we can't put bubble wrap around them all the time, but it seems like you're making some progress with your horse. But before we dive into Warfeather, what made you want to participate in the makeover this year? Oh, that's a great question. And sort of, I will I'll try to be succinct here because it's a long-winded story. But for those listeners who are familiar with Heels Down Happy Hour, I am an amateur rider. I've dabbled in almost all the English disciplines. And I have a 11-year-old thoroughbred gelding who is unraced, Magic Mike, who is my heart horse. I love him dearly. And I've done a lot with him. He, uh, up until last year, was stepping into training level eventing. We were schooling second level dressage and getting ready to show. Um, he had been my three-foot hunter for many years. And then, sadly, he had a suspensory injury last year. Actually, this month is quite literally the year anniversary. And it's been a really long slog, as I'm sure y'all are aware. It's um, Soft tissue injuries are <laughs> tricky. Mm. And we've had several setbacks, unfortunately, because he uh, just wants to be bonkers sometimes and you can't really blame him. (laughs) This was a horse that was in very full work and then all of a sudden his life came to a screeching halt. But all things considered, knock on wood, he's been a a pretty good patient, but um, it's just been a long, a long slog of letting him recover and getting up, getting going with the rehab and then having a few setbacks. So I spent the majority of last year riding a a lot of horses from a variety of different places. You know, I, Mikey lives at a dressage barn with my dressage trainer, and I've had the opportunity to continue to ride many horses there. I worked a little bit for my show jump trainer um, and was helping him school a variety of horses at horse shows and at home. But nothing is quite like having your own, right? Like being mm-hmm. completely in control of, of your program. So finally, what happened was um, actually the woman I bought Mikey from many moons ago called me and she sells a lot of horses off the track and had one come in, this little bay gelding that was just a little bit too much horse for her program. She teaches uh, hunter jumper lessons to children. And, you know, he was just a little too much horse to put a kid on the first time coming off the track. 
And so she asked if I wanted to come see him because I'll occasionally hop on and ride some horses for her. So I went to go see him and then I decided he was coming home with me. <laughs> so uh, that's how I met Warfeather. Like it was, uh, it was right away. I knew I wanted him. So that was January and he had last raced in early December. And so I quickly found a place to keep him. Luckily, it's just a little private farm across the street from the dressage farm where my other one lives. And he's loving life, living out most of the time uh, in a pasture with a couple other buddies and learning the ropes of just being a riding horse, essentially. And he's super fun. We call him Wyatt in the barn. He's just a cute little guy. I love, I love that. that. <laughs> and have so you, you ever necessarily horse shopping, right? You just sort of like, it just happened. It just happened. I, I will say I had I had almost broken down and bought another thoroughbred in the middle of that trying no horse year, but um, my husband pleaded with me not to, and I, I listened, and then I just could not control myself when I met Wyatt's. <laughs> I love those impulses. That's how my horse was too. I like Aww. was avoiding my my friend's new farm because she was being fostered there, and then as soon as I sat on her, I was like, well, I guess you're coming home now. <laughs> Yep. It's, it's a feeling, right? Where you're yes. just like, the world is telling me something. So that that's how, that's how I met Wyatt. And um, now we're, you know, several months into our journey and things are going really great. He's a, he's a fun little guy. I love that. And have you ever participated in the makeover before? No, I haven't. So uh, sorry, that was the the first part of your question that I that I forgot as we went along. I've always just really admired the event from afar. I have many friends and know, you know, many thoroughbred connections here in Florida of people who have gone. I've actually written stories for Hillsdown magazine about the thoroughbred makeover uh, and interviewed several trainers who have been multiple years. And basically the sentiment is the same across all the people I've ever talked to, just that it's a really amazing event that brings together so many people who really just love the breed and want to want to show off their good ambassadors of the breed and the horses that they bring to the makeover and really show that partnership that you can develop, you know, over the timeline of taking a horse off the track and training them for a second career. And I just find it to be really inspiring, especially that it's open to beyond just professionals. I mean, mm -hmm. I love watching riders like Elisa Wallace bring horses along and it, it inspires me every day, but I think it's even cooler to see amateurs like myself have the opportunity to do something like this. It's just very inspiring. I feel like every person I've talked to who, who's been to the makeover just has a, a really tremendous story. And I'm a sucker for a good story. I'm a journalist by trade. <laughs> That's what I do in my day job at a newspaper. And I was like, I just, I would love to do this one day. So the timing seemed right. Mikey still got months of rehab to go. So Wyatt has my full attention right now. And it just, it felt like now or never. I had, I had this opportunity after having a, a sort of a slump of a year dealing with this injury and feeling really down about it, that now I have something to look forward to. And I really hope we make it to Kentucky in October. I love that. Oh my gosh. And I have to say, Justine, you embody what the makeover is about. Just hearing your passion and the excitement around being an ambassador for it. I'm really excited to see you there this coming year. And I have to ask, what has your thoroughbred experience been before the makeover? Because it sounds like you have a passion for the breed. I do. I'm definitely a thoroughbred person and thoroughbred thoroughbred people are my people like naturally i um so that's part of why i'm just so excited to be there and be part of that community at the makeover so i um i've grown up riding thoroughbreds uh, i've been lucky to own many different types of horses but i mean really thoroughbreds who are 
what have made me the rider that I am today. And I'm grateful for many experiences from being a kid in high school, competing in the hunters to being very poor in college. And those were the horses that were affordable to me and, but were still athletic enough to be competitive. Um, and then even today, uh, when I was an adult and finally felt like I was settled in my life enough to have a horse for myself, um, that's how I found Mikey and he's been my horse of a lifetime. So I will always pick a good thoroughbred over anything else when I have the chance. And Wyatt is turning out to be exactly that. Just super athletic, super game, very rideable, really happy to do any job. And I just, there aren't many breeds that you can say that about, Mm -hmm. you know, that that are happy to be so versatile and, and open to trying different things. And I just, I love that about thoroughbreds. Well, and that's one thing I've noticed too, you know, because my day job is communications for RRP. So I sort of like sit like a vulture in the trainers group and watch everybody's progress uh-huh. you know, and then share the fun stories. But I'm, I've been watching all year and I'm like, man, Justine is doing so many cool things with this horse. You know, and I think that goes back to your background as a rider. And I think that's probably why Heels Don't Happy Hour is so much fun is because you are so well-rounded, you know, as a quote unquote, just English writer that you've done a little bit of all of it. So Um, How are you going to kind of figure out what it is that he wants to do specifically at the makeover? That's a great question. Cause a lot of people have asked me like, what are you going to do eventing? Uh, Cause that's what I was doing most recently with my, with my other horse. And I just said, whatever he wants to do, like he's going to tell me. Um, And that's kind of how I did it with Mikey. I bought that horse to be a hunter. He had a lovely natural rhythmic canner. So he could, he could do that job, but he, he, I, I really think he, that horse is going to shine as a dressage horse, mostly in his life, especially once we get past this period of injury and recovery. Mm-hmm. And same, same with Wyatt. It's, it's really whatever he wants to do. I'm a big believer in groundwork and flat work. So that's what we started with. And flat work is a never ending journey, no matter how far you go down that road. Um, and I have a great dressage trainer who's helping me with Wyatt and who is also a big believer in thoroughbreds. So that that's mostly what I'm focused on is just making him as rideable as I can and just building some fitness there. And then he seems to enjoy the jumping. He's gone to a couple of events, like, like he went to his first three phase event just recently, uh, last weekend, actually, but he's been to a couple of like local hunter jumper schooling shows. I took him to a hunter pace and he really seemed to enjoy that. I'm kind of missing the the fox hunting season, but I've I've toyed with the idea of like I wonder if he would like that job. Right? Yeah. If he's doing a hunter pace already, that's kind of a yeah the next step up. Step. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and we've got a really friendly fox hunting group out here that I think it would be very easy to get him get him going there. I just don't know if we're we're going into the worst time of the year to be in Florida <laughs> where it's very hot and muggy. <laughs> so a lot a lot of that stuff slows down. But so for right now, you know my you know my strengths are eventing and dressage. So that is ideally in my brain what I think we'll end up doing, but who knows? You know, I'm uh I really want to leave the door open to him and for him to tell me what he wants to do and what he enjoys doing the most. Yeah, and you've plenty of time to decide too. So it's just more Exactly. Of, mm-hmm. It's like what's emerging as a direction. So so in your training so far, what's emerged as maybe why it's biggest challenge and then opposite to that, what's been sort of a pleasant surprise for what's been easy for him? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. So he he is a fairly typical thoroughbred. He's a little bit older than most. I would say he's eight years old. So, you know, I feel like uh, when they've been on the track a little bit longer, you want to give him a little bit more grace. Like he's 
he's an adult. He's grown up on the track. So some of these training techniques and they're just hard and fast in him of this is what I know how to do, lady. Um, so I've tried to give him the space and the time to get used to those, you know, get used to like, well, I'm going to change things up on you. I am going to be the fattest jockey that's ever sat on your back. So uh, get, get ready for that. Um, and I'm going to bounce on your back and I'm going to, my legs are going to slap alongside of you and you just have to get used to that. So he, you know, naturally is a little reactive. So settling in to understanding the AIDS, you know, is, is going to be a, a longer, slower process. And I'm fine with that. You know, I want him to be comfortable, you know, going in a circle is, is still hard understanding the concept of Ben, like these very elementary things, but it's really rewarding. Like today, this morning, I had a lot a dressage lesson and um, we just had like a brief half circle moment of where he went, oh, I get it, you know? And then you feel that softness <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can lift my back a little bit. And that feels kind of good. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like, don't mess anything up. Keep going with whatever <laughs> you're doing right now, you know? And, um, and just trying to log more moments like that, right? It's so incremental right now of just, you're figuring it out, dude. I will say, so the most challenging thing with Wyatt was, understanding how to get on his back. Obviously, thoroughbreds that come off the track, right? They're not used to standing at a mounting block for an amateur lady to take her time crawling up there, right? So when I picked him up, uh, my friend who I bought him from warned me that he was a little funky and that the intel she'd gotten from his life at the track was that they blindfolded him for people to get on. I guess oh, he oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Huh. All right. And then I figured out real quick, like when I got him home, like, okay, she wasn't kidding. <laughs> that oh, he he had a lot of anxiety about that. So and it was he he would just he would bolt off. Like you would have one foot in the stirrup and he'd leave. So and mm-hmm. he would go very fast. So um I never blindfolded him. I just didn't think that continuing that would be the answer. But we spent right. <laughs> we spent like two months on the ground as part of, you know, the groundwork routine of standing next to the mounting block, eating, eating a bucket full of food while I stood on the mounting block next to him. And then eventually touching him on his back, leaning over his back, putting a saddle on, then leaning over the saddle on his back, backing up, standing quietly, walking off. Um, it, I just did not rush it because that's dangerous, right? A horse that's going to bolt off from the mounting yeah, block. That's absolutely. how you get hurt. Yeah, right. So I did not want to get that wrong. Um, And there are still moments to this day where you see him get worried, you know, like he sees you coming and he gets a little worried. For example, we were at the Florida horse park over the weekend and we had like torrential crazy rain tornado watches. The whole horse park was just a mess the next morning after this terrible storm. And even after the storm passed, it was just crazy windy through the barns. And he, he was very unsure of, me getting on that day just because he was nervous. He'd spent the night in a mm-hmm. stall. He's not normally stalled. Um, so I on like I got on him in the stall and we left the barn that way because I just it needs to be safe every time. Mm-hmm. Um and then it got better, you know. So that's just gonna be a long game for him too, realizing that there there doesn't need to be anxiety about me climbing on his back. Oh, that's such a like it's such a small thing that you don't think about until, yeah, you throw a leg over and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that good on you for, you know, taking the time he needs. And gosh, you wish they could talk to be like, buddy, what happened? Like, what? why? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Exactly. You know, and I looked up a bunch of his racing videos and, you know, he's running in like a typical face mask with, you know, typical racing blinders. 
Um, so actually when I did start him, I bought the little Dion makes them. They're like for show jumpers and they're very small in comparison, little blinders. And just to see if that would help him, like if that felt familiar, I really can't tell you if it did. I no longer use them, but you know, trying to emulate the experiences he was used to. So that yeah, wasn't just quite so jarring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if only we could get therapists for our horses. You I know. know, right? Gosh, it would be game changing. <laughs> but it sounds like you're doing all the right steps. And he is clearly loved, Justine. You're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> of oh, I'm excited to see your progress. Um, and I know we could go much longer, ask you a ton of questions with your history and therapists. We definitely need to have you on again. But why don't you tell us a little bit about Heels Down Happy Hour and where our listeners can tune in? Sure. So I'm actually here with you guys with a glass of wine because it wouldn't be Hills Down Happy Hour without a cocktail. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so if you um if you're familiar with the Horse Radio Network, we Hills Down Happy Hour is another show on the Horse Radio Network. I am one of the hosts, along with Ellie Wozniaka, who's a horse trainer in Pennsylvania, and Jessica Payne, who's a five-star eventer and one half of Payne Equestrian. Her husband is Doug Payne, who is uh, an Olympic equestrian. And we get together in the evenings and talk about everything that's going on in the Olympic disciplines. What's happening where, at which shows, what's, you know, what's going on training wise. We try to tackle uh, more lifestyle topics that affect equestrians, whether you're an amateur rider like me, whether you're a professional, whether you keep your horses at home. Uh, and most of the time we're just pretty silly. So you definitely come for a good laugh. <laughs> we currently uh, record episodes once to twice a month and you can find us on the Horse Radio Network app or wherever you download podcasts. I highly recommend their show. It's one of my favorite to listen to when I'm at the barn. So definitely check them mm-hmm. out. Thanks so much, Justine, for coming on and best of luck to you and Wyatt. We can't wait to see your progress. Oh, thanks so much, guys. Well, I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I we're at the trade show and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You've got fly, yeah, fly that's what we all, what's, always it. That's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots. Um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? 
CashelCompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Joy, I'm super excited to bring on the second half of our Making the Makeover trainers because we have a really fun group this year. So tonight we have the other half. We have uh, professional trainers Claire Mansman and Julia Yesu. They are both makeover veterans, I believe. So we're super excited to have them both on the show. So welcome, Claire and Julia. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. So Claire, we'll start with you. How Maybe it's easier to ask you which makeovers you haven't been to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, in varying degrees. Um, well, first of all, I have to say I'm so excited to be on here with Julia because the very first time I actually met her, she actually just recognized my voice across from an, uh, the other set of stalls and didn't see me, but I'm that loud of a person. <laughs> Um, she yelled out my name from across the way. So that's how we officially, officially met. So this is really fun. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> my husband and I started coming to the makeover the year it came to Kentucky. Was that 2016? Yeah, that sounds and right. We'll go we've that. been yeah. there ever with one to three or four client horses ever since. Yeah, there was definitely one year I remember you rolled in with many, many horses. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that was 2019. Uh, it was a lot of client horses. And then alternately, yeah, I've had two or and my husband's had one or two. He usually sells his first. So <laughs> is it a race every year? Yeah. So the general race with with Tom is that he sells them and then I steal his really nicely trained horses. That's how we do things. That's a good system. My favorite. <laughs> <clears throat> So, Julia, you have been around at many makeovers, but not always as a trainer, right? You also braid, don't you? Yes. So, I braid every year that I've come. I've been coming also since 2016. Um, In 2016, I came to coach a student of mine. Um, And then I skipped 2017 because I bought my farm that year. But I've been to every single one since. 18 and 19 with horses, but haven't had a horse at any others since. I've just been braiding at the others. And the braids are spectacular, by the way. So thank you. (laughs) It's how I pay to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, you might as well if you're going to go. That's like, and so many people, I think it's really special for people to get their horses braided at the makeover because some people just don't go to a lot of shows where they would need to braid. And I know, you know, like we had a trainer last year who was like, oh, when I saw my mare in braids for the first time, I got like tears in my eyes because I just hadn't ever seen her, you know, all dolled up, ready to show. So, so yeah, that's a, I think like an unsung hero kind of service of the makeover is, you know, our, our braider community <laughs> who comes out and makes all these horses look like a million bucks. It's awesome. So, so yeah, thanks yeah, for being it's here. It's fun to, you know, kind of follow along with the horses that you've braided and see how they place. And then if they make it into the finale, you get to braid them again. So it's just fun to kind of, it's like a different way to be part of a team, even if you're not riding. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, because you are, you're part of the team because, you know, it really does take a village at the makeover to get a horse into the ring, like let alone the whole process of preparing them the 10 months prior, you know, all the little bits and bobs that go into getting into the arena. So yeah, you're very much a part of everyone's team. So that's awesome. (laughs) So Claire, tell us about, well, and okay. So Claire and I go back (laughs) because (laughs) Claire was a very nice mentor to me the year I did the makeover in 2018. And uh, let's see, I've been to Claire's place a couple of times and now Claire and I have dogs who are cousins. So that's a fun fact. Um, (laughs) Worst best dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God, they're awful. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I know, you know, from experience with Claire that you may not know which horse you're taking to the makeover this year, but tell us about the prospects that might be on your list. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, it's like a Jack in the box. We have a lot of fun um, developing them along the way. We actually do have, it's probably the first time we have two horses that are qualified at our barn that theoretically we're each going to take. Um, now, I we, I can't necessarily say which one of us will take which one. However, one of them is 15 hands. Um, so it's probably going to be mine. Um, yeah, that's probably not going to be Tom's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he would he would ranch it. Don't get me wrong, because it is about 15 hands wide also. Oh, I don't know who tried to fit this thing in a starting gate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got stuck on the way out. Um, he is so cute. So we actually have a kind of a fun year or an extra fun year this year. Um, we actually already had a makeover horse. He already sold a uh, big gray gelding. He's stunning and lovely. Um, but I laughed. He was big gray gelding. So that lasted two weeks. And then he is the new makeover trainer. And um, we came home from last year's makeover with a three-year-old uh, colt. And then the same connections called us about another three-year-old um, this year. Well, so it was a two, the one of them was a two-year-old when we brought him home from Kentucky with us. And they, uh, so I guess it's the year of the three-year-olds. They are absolutely lovely. Um, we've had some horses from these connections before and I'm just uh, different breeders, but it's just all the same connection of people from the bloodstock agent. And they are so well started and such lovely animals um, that it's a true pleasure. So them being three is uh, kind of just, just really not an issue, but it's, it's baby horse time for us. We are walking a lot. That's pretty much how it's going. Uh, but we have fashion money and he is the 15 hands Po- nearly pony and snapper um snapper did not actually race but he had a published work and he um had a mild sesamoiditis and they stopped and uh since we were in kentucky they asked if they could send him home with us to uh, they just thought it would be better they have really nice horses and they're gonna just get them ready for a new career if that's really where they're slated to go Mm, that's nice. That's yeah. nice to have connections like that. Who you know, horse first, and so yeah. his jockey club name is Snapper. It is Snapper. Um, that's so I, cute. Yeah, I know, and he's so cute, and he has probably grown a hand since we picked him up. Oh, he's kind of a strapping gentleman now, and he was sort of an awkward, not strapping gentleman when we picked him up. <laughs> Bless. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is too young for me. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is why we need trainers like you. Uh, so yeah. Julia, how about you? What have you got on deck for the makeover this year? So I had two and they've both sold already. Um, oh. One was also, yeah, yeah. So I actually sat on my new one for the first time yesterday. His name is Indian Counselor. He's by Painter. And he had 24 starts, but he made a bunch of money. He made almost $200,000. Wow. Um, and we, yeah, so he, he was, a you know, ran well enough. Um, but we had sourced him for a kid who I actually coached at the mega makeover summer chestnut. They wanted to do it again this year. And so we'd found him for her. And then when mine sold, I had approached their mom, her mom. And I said, you think we could just maybe do a team. So I emailed the secretary last night. I haven't heard back from her yet, obviously, but I was like, just to make sure, because you know, I read the rule book, but I want to make sure I can switch my entry to a team entry. But that's probably what we'll end up doing. Oh, fun. 
Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun to hear about, you know, how you, how a team works out. And yeah. Um, yeah. We know the chestnuts, they're uh, good volunteers at the RRP. So that's fun to have it yeah, on the family. They're, so. they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And I hear that painters, I've heard a lot of good things about painters as sport horses. So it'll be fun to hear how your guy comes along. Yeah. He's like super intelligent. He's definitely really body sore right now. So we're working, you know, a lot with the vet and the chiropractor just to kind of get him feeling better. But he's smart. He wants to be good, you know, which is half the battle. He just, he wants to try. Right. Yeah. 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 So he's mentally set up for success. Good boy. Mentally set yeah. up. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I feel like my horse is the opposite. The body is the right place. The mind is somewhere else right the mind now. Is scattered. <laughs> the, the mind is not handling all the seasonal changes even having. That's where we are at. But uh, Claire, tell us a little bit about the horses you have and how you came to pick them. Like, did they just fall into your lap or did yeah. you seek them out? Yeah, no, they fell, they fell into our lap. Like like most of our horses, I hear Kristen laughing because that's sort of uh, what happens. Um, we, we did actually, the gray horse that we sold, we did pick from Mid-Atlantic. Uh, well, with Bev, because Mid-Atlantic, Mid, we have gotten some horses, several from Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue, and she does a great job. Um, and she does a great job explaining the horses. Um, but we picked it and it, you know, Liz Mraz, another makeover trainer, already snatched him up. So, um, no, we 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 said yes to these connections. The let's see, this horse we took to the 2017 makeover, Nish's tail, came through these connections, and that was a fabulous, fabulous horse. He's in a show hunter home now, and um, just just thriving. And we've actually trained some horses uh, for um, f- for hunting, fox hunting and things like that. And uh, we've taken whenever he calls, it's usually he knows what we're looking for. And it doesn't have to be a high level horse. It just needs a great brain. And even if there was an injury like um, snapper or just that like cash, we call fashion money cash, um, just slower than molasses that we're going to, they have a, a place because they're well-started. They have great brains. Um, and also like, these are nicely bred horses. They're lovely. So the one I've really um, kind of taken on cash um, being 15 hands, that's pretty small, but he literally is, I mean, he's like what we call baby dude, my 2018 horse. He is mm-hmm. short coupled. He is about 15 hands wide. Um, in fact, I wasn't <laughs> certain what saddle would fit him. Um, cause he's that wide, but luckily he has just enough wither. Um, he has this beautiful hind end, good feet, just a great brain. So the hard thing about the three-year-olds, uh, somebody asked me recently, oh, I can't believe he hasn't sold because um, actually a young, a teenager came to look at him and they, they loved him. They wrote him great. Uh, but I think in a very mature decision as a teenager, they went, well, I only have so many years before I go to college. So a three-year-old is hard because they're not doing a ton this first year. And and from eventing, you can't even compete them. So I think at her age, she, she rightly decided um, I'm just going to look for a horse that, you know, is a little further along because she only has so much time that she can do the things she wants to do as, as a junior. They're not very exciting in the, in the sense that now, as far as like a sales video or moving them on is he, he mostly hacks. Yes. He has popped over jumps. The plan would be to do the show hunters with him. Cause I think it's a great way to start. I've taken another three-year-old. It's a great way to start any horse over fences. Um, and I don't think there's any um, problem with them popping over a two, six jump. It's about the same size as their canter stride, but 
they don't do that every week and they don't do it every day. And so most of the time they're ponying, riding through the field and going for hacks just to get strong. So they're, um, they're fun for me because he's so sweet and he's really fun to work with, but their workload is, is, is light. <laughs> so uh, videographically speaking, they're not the most exciting animal in the world to chronicle, but we really are setting up their bodies and their brains for their future. I don't expect to sell them often as a three-year-old. Many people are good at that, but that's um, with our training program, definitely being on like the long, slow road. If somebody approaches us, that's great, but they're, they're training for the long run, not really training for the sales right now. And then we'll have like a week where we'll, like, we're going to take them to the Upperville Fun Show. So these horses are actually going to go to Upperville, um, the oldest horse show in North America, I believe. And uh, But they have a local stay. So we're going to take these babies and the two-foot hunters and it's going to be ranchy and it's going to be great. And they'll be totally <laughs> ready for the fun. makeover when we're done. Yeah, if anybody- I mean, You're definitely braver than I am. <laughs> like I am... I don't know. I'm still that dressage girl. I'm like limited risk. Yeah. Limited risk sounds great to me. So uh, props to you and what you're trying to do here. Julia, what about you? How did you discover your horses? Because what's interesting about you both compared to our last episode is you both have businesses. You both have an assortment of horses you can be picking from where I feel like the other two who you'll get to meet later on throughout the series it was a little more handpicked because they're uh, amateurs coming into this. So Julia, how did you decide on the horses you're thinking of bringing? Yeah. So I am a professional, but I always joke that I'm these days, like mentally very much an amateur. Um, I like in the past few years, have had a bad couple of falls. The last one resulted in a bunch of broken bones and it's just like silly baby stuff. You know, when you're, a young professional, I think we all kind of make the mistake of just, you're trying to make money. You're trying to get the business going. You sit on anything and everything. And I got hurt a lot doing that. So mm-hmm. now when I look for horses, I look for things that I think like, could an amateur ride this? Is it going to be quiet? You know, is it going to have a good brain? Is it going to get upset if I make a little mistake? Is it going to be upset if a kid gets on it and makes a little mistake? And it's hard, you know, when they're first coming off the track, it's hard to figure that out. But normally, you know, if you spend a little bit of time with them, you kind of can figure out which ones are the right ones for that. And a lot of mine work into my program. So like my 2018 horse is teaching lessons now. And I think it's because I went into it with like, is he going to be quiet enough to do something, you know, with an amateur after this? Because a lot of times the ones that I'm getting in have to be for sale eventually because that's Mm -hmm. part of the business. And I'm not selling to other professionals generally. So I try and think, is this something that's going to be rideable and marketable for an amateur? Is it going to be something that's amateur friendly, you know, down the road at the end of the makeover? I that's love so that. good though. That's, you know, I mean, that's like knowing your business model for sure. So yeah, knowing who you're serving. And I think that's always the question that I have because, you know, I'm toying with the idea of doing the makeover share. Kristen, don't pressure me right now. We'll do that later. Um, <laughs> but it. I keep going back of what would I look for in a horse? And in my brain, cause I'm, I'm an amateur. I would probably keep that horse or try to incorporate it into like a lease with someone that I, I know and trust. But when you're a professional, you have such a bigger pool to be looking at. You, you just have the skills to 
I shouldn't say I don't have the skills. I don't have the patience or ability because I have another job that I have to do. <laughs> That's really what it is to bring some like a three-year-old like Claire, uh, bringing that horse along and developing them because they just need that extra time and attention as opposed to kind of the unicorn husband horse who's just ready to go and get into training. So as professionals, yeah. I'll start with you, Julia. You're looking for that more amateur-friendly horse. Is there anything on a confirmation end that you're looking at specifically? Not necessarily always. I mean, I try to find, you know, I don't want something that's super downhill. When I'm thinking about an amateur rider, are they going to be able to easily put it together? So I don't want something that's super long-backed, like something that's a little more short-coupled, a little easier to put together. But otherwise, I mean, you know basic stuff. Like I want straight legs. I don't want something that toes out or anything like that because I do a lot. I used to do eventing back in the day, but I really sort of gear towards more of the hunters these days. Mm-hmm. So I need to, you know, make sure they're not towing out or anything like that. It's going to make them paddle, make them not, you know, as desirable of a mover for the hunter ring, but especially the uphill, you know, sort of the uphill build and the uphill mover, because it's just harder for either a kid or an amateur to have to constantly be trying to ride, you know, from back to front and ride that downhill horse up. So that's really the biggest thing for me. It does. Claire, what about you? What do you look for confirmationally in your horses? I mean, I'm the same with Julia that actually the confirmation of between their ears is the most important. And and very often we don't see the horses before they come to us. So um, I I can give an ideal, but, you know, um, if they have a good brain, uh, the the good thing, well, we always joke like the uglier, the better. Like I, I find um, <laughs> horses with like the ugly head or whatever, like they, it's the sea biscuit theory. Like they're sort of um, kind of gems. Um, I, but I, I will always, we will make something out of anything as needed. The, the great thing about our business is we have a background in, in really all of the English disciplines, but we are um, very immersed in hunt country. And so I, I don't want something that's, I, I, the hunt horse doesn't have to be put together, um, but you don't want it pulling down on you all the time. So that that mm-hmm. is, I, I love a horse that carries its own head. And then, um, you know, obviously great clean legs are great, but I've seen some really phenomenal um, hunt horses that don't look great, but hunt like dreams. You know, it's so... Um, I'm, I'm really more, it it depends on what we're looking for, but we are mostly, if we're taking on a horse, it's either for a client. And so then it's going to be specific to what that client wants to do with the horse. Or if it's something we're taking on, um, one of the first things we do is look to see if we think they could hunt, they don't have to hunt, but that is if they are not as fancy or easy on the flat, if they're, you know, just not maybe something or something that would take more time to develop in with a show record, if they can hunt, um, mm-hmm. whether it be with staff or in any one of the fields, then they have a lot of value and they have a job and they're outside of like major confirmation flaws. Like it's okay if they paddle. Um, it's okay if they have a long back, you know, it, all of those things, it gives a really good avenue for the, uh, I guess I would say the, the imperfect horse, not that there's a perfect one, but um, mm-hmm. that, when they have that great brain and they're going to go do that job that people will just, they do, they absolutely love them because that horse takes care of themselves and takes care of the rider. I love Raina. that. That is interesting with working horses versus, you know, purely show ring horses. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, and I come from a ranch background where it's like, huh, you know, I mean, you know, and yes, like happen to have horses that also do well in the show ring too, but, but it is nice to have ones like, <laughs> but it can work. So it's fine. You know? So, yeah. so cool. Well, ladies, uh, where can people follow your journeys to the makeover? We'll start with Claire. So we do a pretty good job Pacific Farms Incorporated on Facebook or Pacific Farms Inc. on Instagram. Uh, I try to keep up on both of those things. You will see a myriad of everything from a 2018 through every year and multiple years of client sources and ours of makeover horses. So I try to hashtag everything. Um, and so it's it's intermixed with our current makeover horses and um, a couple of uh, makeover events that we're going to do as well. So we, we hope to have everything chronicled on there and entice others to join the journey. And also intermixed with our weird dogs. because uh, And also the Poodle Pointer each other the poodle in a lot wars. <laughs> Yeah, the Poodle Pointer Wars shall continue. Yeah. I love that. And Julia, where can <laughs> Julia, we find how about you? <laughs> so I have a farm page also. It's Close Up Show Stables. And that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then on my personal page as well, um, which is just my name. But on my Instagram, you'll also get not only horses, but intermixed with all kinds of food stuff because I'm a big foodie yes. also. So Julia, you and I are going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Well, it was super great to meet both of you. And we're looking forward to following your journeys this year. Thank you so much, guys. I look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be on here and really excited to follow everyone's journey. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, Kristen, I know it's not horses all the time for us. We're still people. We still got other things going on. And I know we reached out to our listeners to see what other things they like to do outside of the barn. I know for me, it's no secret. I love cooking and baking and just eating in general. (laughs) But what are some of the things that our listeners shared? Yeah, it's a pretty fun range. So uh, let's see. We had a lot of gardening. We had a lot of reading weightlifting, hiking, knitting, sewing. Oh, let's see, more gardening, music, sewing, again, reading, planning and journaling, sewing. There's a lot of sewers. I think what I we know. need to do, Joy, we need to get uh, some of these people on some RRR logo wear. I think so. so. I'm like, who wants to volunteer? It sounds like a good time. Um, but also with the gardeners, can you all hit me up at some point? Because I have a lot of questions. I am not, I don't have the, like the greenest thumb. I wouldn't say I have a black thumb, but uh, my it's more like a yellow kind of sickly vibe for some of my plants. <laughs> so I'm like, thanks. I know, I know gardeners are yours too, but I, I have so many questions on how to keep house plants alive. And then we can talk uh, about the outdoor things. I haven't graduated yet. <laughs> I do have a question for Building Better Hunters on Instagram. Uh, they put in dinosaurs. So I'd really like to know what dinosaurs are as a, uh, a side hobby. I just, I have questions. So slide into That's our DMs and please too. explain <laughs> the dinosaurs a little bit, because that sounds great. It's, I know. I was like, is it collecting dinosaurs? Is it studying dinosaurs? Like, Maybe it's paleontology, like digging Yeah, up do you get bones? to go out and dig out? That'd be really cool. So I love yeah. learning what people do outside of horses, because I just, 
love to remind people we're more than just horse people. It's a lot yeah, of I us. I think it's important. It's important, I think, to be a well-rounded person. And then uh, like, because I've definitely been there, right? Like I was in that phase in my life where I was like, horses, 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 that's all I am. And I started to feel a little one-dimensional. And then, you know, you realize like when you're that single-mindedly obsessed, you know, if for whatever reason, anything happens and you can't kind of get that fix, like you need to have other things going on in your life. So that's my two cents. Especially when the weather is crummy, like it is today. So thanks all for sharing. Make sure to follow us on Retired Race First Radio on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, we appreciate every time you share a little bit about yourself with us. If you have been listening to all of our content about the Thoroughbred Makeover and wishing that you had gotten involved, don't worry because there is still uh, late applications open. So you can still apply through the end of June to compete at this year's makeover. So if you have a horse that's eligible um, and you've been listening to all of this great content and wishing that you just hadn't waited so long to get involved, it's not too late. Head over to the RRP.org and log into the portal to get started now. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, one could argue this is the best part of our show. We have Leander Cooper coming on from New Vocations to bring us another training tip and adoptable horse of the week. Welcome back, Leandra. Always nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And I always feel like I learn so much from you every time that you come on, as well as Winnie. You both are just a wealth of knowledge. So it's great to have you as partners here. And oh, I'm sh- with, the, <laughs> oh, with the changing weather. We, our horses are getting a little fresh. They're ready to get out of the indoor. And so are we for the most part. Uh, we would love to get your take on how do you introduce to their or introduce your horse to their first trail ride? That is a great question because I feel like that is one that people see with high risk and there's certainly high rewards. It's worth it to get them out there, get them used to it. So I would say when we're trying to start horses in that direction and give them a taste for the trail life, that one of the best things that I would recommend to do when possible is to take a seasoned buddy with you Mm. as horses are herd animals. And while they may see you as a leader, it always helps to have a visual, which they can't have when you're on their back. Um, And sometimes we have in cases where we maybe don't have a horse who's going to be a solid citizen, we'll have actually a person companion be part of that first walkthrough. And asterisk to that being the other part of my recommendation, which would be to make sure that you kind of set the bar low so that you can (laughs) set them up for success. So I wouldn't go tackle a 10 mile trail on your Mm -hmm. first time. Um, I would set them up best by, and again, you kind of have to know the space a bit, but set them up for a short trail, one that doesn't have a lot of moving parts, let's say. So if you can have more of like an open field, like things are very visible, low risk of things popping out that could make that a bad experience. So as predictable and as friendly and inviting as possible. And again, that really just depends on knowing your 
situation, but that really benefits you in being able to create a good experience so you don't have to work on undoing bad ones later, especially when you're in an environment that you can't control very much. So the more that you know it and the more you can set them up for success, the better. And then I would also say, if you think that your horse is going to be anxious, do something confidence building with them first. So that might be doing arena work, doing a pattern that they know and are good at, you know, doing a long warm up in a more controlled environment, even if that's just walking and doing ground pulls and kind of getting their brain engaged and getting them feeling good. I would say that, or even say that you're trailering out to somewhere, like bring a lunge line or let them graze and walk around first and do like a nice long walk warm up and maybe an open area before the trailhead. Again, it kind of you're going to have to adjust depending on where you are. But we as people can certainly play a big role in making that the best experience possible by using the tools that we have to set them up for success as best we can in summary of all the things that I could say. That would be my, my top recommendation. And then bring a buddy if you can, who will be a stable influence throughout whatever happens. I, excellent pun. Yes. <laughs> yes. I absolutely love that advice. And I know some people kind of just have the opportunity to get involved quickly. Like Kristen, who doesn't have an arena, her horses learn to be outside of an arena very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for those of us who do have arenas, it can be intimidating to leave it sometimes. So I'm someone, my horse is quite fearful of anything outside the arena. She is very much dressage pony. She likes her sandbox and she likes her rails. But what I like to do is we started just a little bit at a time after arena rides, or maybe it's just like coming out of the arena and going slightly down the driveway. And as soon as she got a little tense, we would just give some scratches, wait for the breath out and turn around and come back. And it was like very low level, less than five minutes typically. And we've slowly worked our way up to the end of the driveway. And (laughs) um, she's not a fan of cars. So we we don't go near, we're on a dirt road. So we don't do that, but we do have far pastures that she's typically not in. So a lot of times there aren't horses in them because we rotate. And so we'll use one of the far pastures and just ride in that that unfamiliar space. But I close the gate just in case. That's a good call. (laughs) Those baby steps will add up too. you know, like a little short five minute ride, you know, do it five minute, then six minute, then seven minute. And then suddenly you're out hacking around. So we do interestingly that, you know, I find it interesting that Leandra, that you have good experience going into a field as opposed to like, you know, and I don't want to go on like a closed in trail, you know, where there's like branches scraping on me. Cause that's yeah. also scary, but like I, and this is probably a me problem, but I'll get out into the field and it's like, Oh, so much space. And then it gets like a little <laughs> Western. So <laughs> I always like to go on something that's like, like we have a nice rails to trail system here. So that's like a really oh, nice yeah. width where mm-hmm. there's room for the horse to go side to side, but they're still sort of enclosed by woods, but they're not like tight in scary woods. So it's a really right. nice intro to an off property trail ride to hit up a trail like yes. that. And oh, just in case that. anyone else is like, Oh, the field is intimidating. Yeah. Like it, it might be, <laughs> you know, stay <laughs> on the edges maybe to start, yeah. or if you have a mode path, you know, horses seem to like a path to follow. Yes. So, yes, you know, and if your horse is coming right off the track and they're used to having the guardrails and they're used to having like that structured environment. So the more structure you can find in it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, everybody, if you're hitting up for your first trail rides, let us know how it goes. Yes. 
and wear a helmet just in case. <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always wear your helmet, but <laughs> especially on your trail rides, just I can't advocate Even for it more. Just for like the bushwhacking effect, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah. The amount of times I hit my head on branches, I'm like, yeah. oh my God. This <laughs> I is mean, just I like, do this without a helmet. This is just a fun tangent. <laughs> but, um, and it wasn't on a thoroughbred. Like my horse is luckily, she's 15, three at best. So it's, you know, we get away with things. But I was 13 and I thought it'd be really fun to sign up for one of the St. Jude trail rides. They used to do them all the time up here in Michigan. And I had a 17-3 per on thoroughbred cross. I'm like, I'll trail ride this horse. I wasn't getting hit with little branches. I had full on branches and like kind of yes. had to hang on my horse's neck and just hope I didn't fall out of the saddle. It was a horrible life choice on that end, but yeah. she was great the whole time. She took it like a champ. <laughs> Right. And then when you have to duck and you have like a greenie and they're like, Oh God, why are you on my neck? And then yes. they're running and you're <laughs> Yes, it could go a lot of ways. Like it's she was a still lot. a green bean, but just a, a solid citizen. But speaking of solid citizens, let's introduce our horse of the week. That's not her name, which is really her name. That is her <laughs> name, exactly. Just to make it super confusing. So that's our name who we call Tina or Tina Stacy Jane, just to confuse everything, which is just like a mod podge, because why not <laughs> when that's her name, you, you know, but um, Tina, who, as I call her, is the 2015 mare. She's a dark bay. She's really stunning. She has a lot of the like almost black sort of quality to her and only was lightly raced, had three starts, never placed, just kind of slow and hasn't raced in five years now, almost four and a half, five years. Um, but she's a horse who has come back to our program. It's the first time I've had her. She's actually adopted out of one of the other facilities before. And this is most definitely my favorite horse to ride in the barn right now. Mm. And I'll say that also with the grain of salt that I have a very sort of particular type in this and, and not everybody will appreciate a horse like her, which is also another reason I like to highlight horses like this because for the right person, this is like the absolute dream horse. And then for somebody who's maybe easily intimidated or when a horse is more sensitive, which she is, she's kind of like a Porsche. Like she has need very little, like you can think trot and she'll trot and beautifully. Like she engages her hind end and all the energy comes up and she's right there. But if that, you know, on demand power could potentially intimidate you, she is absolutely not the horse for you because she also is just like overwhelmingly eager to please in that way where she's like, all right, I got it. All right. I got it. So I could see this horse going in a bunch of different directions, but she is so brave. She is so driven. She's such a hard worker that I think for the in the right home, she's going to be like the ultimate superstar. But we also have seen her with different riders kind of look for that leadership, not get it and get frustrated. And then in that case, she's like not shy to show her agitation where she'll be like, fine, then we'll just canter. And they're like, well, I couldn't get this horse to walk calmly, but we cantered a lot. But then I think because I have that kind of alpha mare persona and love this type where you mm -hmm. can still have your leg on them, but not be like asking for more. You, she kind of wants that contact, but it needs to be like, you're driven together to do things like this horse will go over anything. Like I said, you can, it's like telepathy, right? Where you, you like would die for a horse like this because you are literally like 
you think what you want and she will do it and she will do it with enthusiasm. And I absolutely love this horse. So fine, Leandra, just send her up to the, my barn. It's fine. <laughs> I, I hear your pleas for me oh, to take her. <laughs> that's exactly what I was aiming for. So good. Um, and then she, Tina, when she came back, of course, when anybody sees the pictures online, will notice that she has very minimal tail left at this point. My understanding is that she had burrs in her adventures there. And instead of sorting them out, the tail was cut. So this will be a process of growing. But I still joke that um, you could probably attach like ribbon and streamers to her tail and she would love it. Like this horse is... She's going to have a massive glow up soon. Like I can't wait to see like her face is stunning. She's got, like you said, that black, almost full black look, but you know, she's a bay. She's got the little dapples on her hind end, Mm -hmm. Um, but she's got that beautiful, beautiful chrome on her face. And I, that's what I love about a dark horse with just a little bit of chrome just to Mm -hmm. show off the features. And she's just got this delicate look but her body is muscular. Like I see her as a beautiful hunter or show jumper. She would probably be a stunner so in the dressage things. ring. Exactly. Yeah. You could just, you could see her doing so many things and she's round. So you could, mm-hmm. you know, like you could put a Western saddle on her and not feel like it's going to fit inappropriately or, and then she could like, I could see her being like, let's go get these cows. So many different things for this horse. She's really neat. But especially now that she's shutting out and we're seeing the kind of sexy coat come out, Um, And she dapples up really nicely. Like I was lunging her today and I was like picking my own jaw being like, is somebody filming this? Cause she she flick her toes and she moves out and she arches her neck up and she's just like stunning and definitely an eye-catching horse. So while she will not be for everyone, she's going to be a dream boat for the right person. Oh, I love it. Well, Tina, or that's not her name, as you'll find on the website. Uh, she is the crazy adoption fee of $2,500. But hey, she's going to be perfect. She's going to be worth more than that long term. She's going to be priceless. She's going to be fun. And she's like that great height of 16 hands, which I think is the right fit for most people long term. So I'm excited to see her future and where she ends up. If you're interested in checking her out, go to horseadoption.com, get your applications in and check out all the other horses there. Leandra will be sure to help pick out the right one for you. Leandra, thank you so much for joining us. It is so appreciated. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. But maybe not right away if you have spurs on. Yeah, maybe not. Bye, guys. (laughs) 